Hello and welcome to the Long Sapper podcast. I'm Adam. Pat, Rich and Mark are with me. Um, hi, gents. We are, well, perhaps it's a different style of podcast or podcast introduction to to normal we're getting together as we kind of plan to as we as we do every week it was between week 17 and 18 one week to go in a regular season but obviously the the whole mood of the league has has taken a a swift change of direction since last night at time of recording obviously monday night football um the game the game went ahead um, it didn't finish for reasons that I'm sure everybody is aware of. Um, Mark, you stayed up as a Bills fan um, to watch what you know, should have been a fantastic game against against Cincinnati. Obviously, started off that way, um, but yeah, dev- devastating stuff to to watch live. I guess. Um, what were your What were your thoughts? It was yeah, it was, and it's obviously made it, it's terrible um with what happened it was it was a very fun and exciting start to the game as everyone expected it might be um and then it was in, in the broadcast it was missed initially we'd had that we'd had an injury to another defensive back on the play before that and so then um the camera pans back to seeing um Damar Hamlin on the ground and the initial reaction is oh god not another one um, and it, then it quickly becomes apparent that actually something very, very serious has gone on. Um, you can see it in the, your mind goes back to Christian Eriksen in, in the game in the Euros with how the players gathered around him and how you can see um, something, something's gone really, really badly wrong. Then they show the replay and the replay, the way the guy falls, um, yeah, it's 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 a very scary watch. It's a it's a very upsetting to watch, um, and not something that anybody ever wants to see. And it's it's weird how as as fans you you're so hyped and the game is the most important thing. It's the only thing that you know you care about, and then all of a sudden it, it doesn't matter at all after that. Um, when it when it's become apparent that the guy's fighting for his life, all of a sudden, you know, you, you don't care about the playoff implications, the number one seeds. And even if that game's going to restart, you just, you just hope that the chap is okay. Of course. Uh, that's like, how can, how would any human being react differently to that? And it's, it's a weird, it's all a bit strange. A Christian Eriksen comparison is really relevant because like it, obviously, as as fans or as spectators, I I didn't watch it live. I did. I um, woke up very confused because the game wasn't available on Game Pass. Um, doing blacking myself out from WhatsApp, Twitter, or media as I normally would for a night game that I was going to say not that that I didn't don't care about, um, or that I wasn't staying up for. Um, yeah. And yeah obviously eventually realize realize why and um, but yeah you've you've watched it live so it's a very different experience it's hard, it's hard for me or someone who wasn't staying up to judge how anybody reacted and that that seems to have been a thing so it's the human side of it obviously all that matters at this at that moment in time at this moment in time is the guy's health um and yeah it's, I, it's I suppose a, doing it... the right thing but it it's 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 hard to like this. It feels like there's been a bit of a piling on the NFL itself 
um, yeah, the, so the commentators, was... the broadcasters, all this sort of stuff. So I, 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 the commentators and the because they kept on having to go back to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, um, who were clearly shocked by what had gone on, and then going back to the the crew in the studio, um, and it just kept flitting between that. But what what can that what can they say? They don't know any more than than, than we have um, in terms of information. Um, NFL wise, it, it's it's a tricky one because it, it seemingly the NFL wanted the game to be played, um, much as the Christian Eriksen game was. It was finished, um, and and they carried on. It seems a bit different because Christian Eriksen was awake by the time he'd left the field, albeit still in a a pretty serious condition. Um, whereas Demar Hamlin was very much not. Um, but the NFL, the, it's an odd one because I don't think, and they were alluding to this in the back when they were back in the studio, that there wasn't, there's no precedent for this in the NFL. It's literally never happened before. There's obviously been ambulances on the field for major, like really, really serious injury, but there's never been anyone that was like literally fighting for their life. Um, so there was, there was in 1971, uh, <laughs> a guy who, a guy who died during a game. Um, wow. And, oh, I'm going to butcher this. Chuck Hughes, his name was, right. um, for the Detroit Lions. Uh, it, the, this happened. They they actually finished the game. It seems ludicrous. Um, wow. But it happened about a minute before the end of that that particular game. And I'm not I, obviously I don't have a. I just it's just something I read about today around this. But yeah. um, I don't know more circles. Obviously, this is 1971. It's a bit. It's a bit hard to hard to comment on too many of the details, but whether they knew the enormity of it, I don't know. No, so they, you know, it was. There's, as we alluded to in the in the in the WhatsApp group, there's no there's no playbook here. There's, I don't think it's anyone that anyone had, you know, you ever really consider, which is maybe a bit of a slight on the NFL, considering it has happened in other sports, and maybe it's something that you need to to think about. So if this type of thing happens, that there is a a go to plan. Um, but you could tell on the looks of the players, the coaches, the officials, no one, until they knew that Hamlin was okay, no one was going to carry on from either team. It wasn't it wasn't possible. Um, there was no one would be able to concentrate on the game. Um, and there was absolutely no desire. And then the word the word came down that the NFL was going to give the teams five minutes grace to warm up so they could get back to it and immediately um there's some conflicting reports on there that. are yeah, yeah yeah the, the nfl has released a statement or have said that that was they don't believe that that ever took place but you could see as soon as that news came down um the bengals coach ran across the field over to sean mcdermott they had a two-minute conversation embraced and then both teams were off to the locker room um and they didn't they didn't re-emerge back onto the field so it certainly looks in the pictures like the Bengals coach went over to the Bills coach and said they've told us we need to play I don't think any of my team wants to does any of yours no well, I think we're done here then um which is absolutely what should have happened yeah um, yeah so, of you course, know, we, of regardless of how it got there and regardless of who suggested whoever needed to do everything, the right thing happened and the game was suspended. 
it probably took too long to get to that decision, but they got to it. Um, what happens next is anybody's guess. But I think that at the minute, the only thing that matters is making sure that that, that young man gets better. I mean, with regards to the length of time it took to get to that decision, I think part of that was keeping people in the stadium to allow the medical team access to the stadium to get him out there without any yeah, yeah. like that's, that's very people fair. leaving the stadium. So that makes sense. I've heard, read both sides of this from people involved and the NFL official line, and it seems fairly clear that they wanted that game played to help them with the rest of their logistics, and now they're trying to save face and slide away from that push. And I'm glad that the head coaches stepped up and protected their players from that, because it's not something you always see, and it's something we needed in this case. What I'm about to say, I want to be very clear and preempt this by obviously pointing out what we've already said that this is completely the right decision. Like, why would you? Why would you even think of football or the schedule or anything like that? Like, this is a you cannot continue with what with what's happened. Obviously, um, but in the back of the NFL's mind, if there is such a thing, a collective a collective mind, like they've built. Like I'm surprised, Mark. You sort of touched on what's well, a contingency for this type of thing, but obviously this is unprecedented, pretty much. Um, it's like things have happened in other sports where, like for Brisbane Wamba, um, and that that incident at, at Tottenham all those years ago. Um, the way, but the way this it's a different sport. It's set up so that you, if a game's abandoned for weather or anything. It, it can kind of be rescheduled and it doesn't disrupt a season. The NFL's made a rub for its own back by not allowing any flexibility. Now, the, the brutal nature of the sport means that you can't just slot a mid-week game in and it to be okay because you can't play two games in, in four days. We saw it with COVID and trying to juggle all the um, pers- postponements of games and it seemed to hit worse earlier in the season. If, that, if, if you'd had COVID issues with like a a week to go in a regular season. I'm not sure what they'd have done. So like from the, I don't, yeah, I don't want to appear crass by, by saying, (laughs) by saying all this stuff, but the NFL must've been thinking this way before making this decision because they, they have to like, obviously the, the instinct, the bright, rightly, the instinct is right. We can't, we shouldn't be carrying on with this, but I can understand why they would take a while to come to that decision because there's so many knock-on effects of of all of this stuff. Um, there's there's no contingency for for playing the game again, as far as I can work out, and that's probably not what they'll do. But like it, it's it's messy, it's complicated, it's it's a horrible thing to to try and go through. I I have no uh, I've no desire to be too ever be someone who's put in those kind of positions from an organizational standpoint to have to try and make a call on should this game go on or shouldn't it um i actually think it's the right thing that the the head coaches were the ones to make that call i don't think the nfl should have been saying we want to do x or y up front i think they should have been consulting with the team and the coaches yeah in that way that probably would have been a better approach but i have massive sympathies for people who are sort of upper middle management in that situation where they're stuck between a a multi-billion dollar 
organization that is a like you say is rumbling machine that that just moves forward regardless of you know all these massive injuries season ending injuries that we see every year um versus the human side of things like that there's I cannot imagine the level of panic that was going on there while they tried yeah, to work 100%. out what the yeah. hell yeah. A was happening for the player because no one wants you know a player to be critically injured to that extent on a field. I mean, they don't even want players getting ACL injuries if they can avoid it because it's, it's bad for the sport all round. But to have something like that is is so shocking that the people in charge are, are struggling to to you know, make good calls, make good decisions in, in the moment. And I agree with you. I mean, hopefully this will allow them to set a future precedent so they know what happens in this situation. But but yeah, like you say, ultimately it goes back to doing the right thing for, you know, for Hamner himself, for his teammates, for his for his coaches to ensure that, you know, so what if it's if it's a somebody defaults or it's goes down as a tie or whatever, like I don't think anyone will care about any of that stuff you know come the playoffs you know yeah it makes a difference for seedings and stuff but that's not going to be important to these teams when it comes to the ultimate result of this game and if from a kind of technical perspective i think mad respect as well to zach taylor because it's you know there's i think there's always a tendency when it's when it's a particular team where you think the other team may potentially would rather get the game done as well but there was never any inkling from the bengals that they were keen to play the game um every time he wanted to to chat anything through he was straight over to sean mcdermott um i think he handled the situation i mean his his own players were shaken up obviously and and i think you need to think about t higgins in this as well god he's he's the guy he's the guy who um hamlin tackled and he put in a, a fair lick on lick on him as he was doing it. You can't even imagine what he must be feeling as well. You, I'd be you'd be absolutely beside yourself, devastated. But from what I mean, I've obviously I haven't seen it, nor will I see it. I don't would ever want to. Um, I, I but for what I gather, it wasn't an out. Nothing about the play was out of the ordinary. No, no, no. It was a so, simple, like simple pass over the inside. Um, he ran in the direction of of Demar Hamlin, who made a made a tackle. T Higgins went into him and like kind of put the hit on Hamlin's chest. Um, but as soon as it had happened, Hamlin jumped back up, and then unfortunately was straight back down. It's uh, it, it obviously it's just awful. There you know, there are there are no words to convey that yeah. properly. We can't we can't do that. Um, it's yeah, just just all you know. I'm not. I've, it's it's very different in the in the UK. I'm not a religious person, um, but you, I get <laughs> I get where the thoughts and prayers sentiment comes from. Absolutely. Um, yeah. With, and off the back, and off the back muster, of it, actually, there, there's one thing that um, American sports fans, Bills fans, but not just Bills fans in this case. It seems to have been fans of every team and almost fans of every team of every sport has rallied behind the um the charity foundation that Demar Hamlin has for something in his hometown. It's like a, a toy drive, I believe, um, that had a he set up a GoFundMe page for with a target of two and a half thousand dollars. I think it's currently nearing five million, um, which is unbelievable. Can and... you gold play to Lego set? Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> it's fantastic though. It like it really it, is. it's 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 what it's it's yeah, it sort of restores some faith in humanity and humanity isn't great at times. Yeah. Um, but ultimately the most most people have enough decency in them. When you when you see on particularly on Twitter all the animosity that you get between teams, particularly rivalry teams, um today, I mean just the the, the stuff that I've seen on Twitter particularly you know other AFC East uh, team fans the fact that they're you know going and donating they're they're all sort of trying to trying to you know make it clear how much they you know they they care about this guy it just shows that people you know we've got our own thoughts and feelings about teams and players and all that kind of stuff but when something like this happens all that stuff goes out the window and people you know uh, uh, there was a um uh, a press release from his family just thanking people for the amount of you know positive messages messages of support all that kind of stuff that they've had from fans of all sorts of teams and I think that's you know it's, it's, you can't take a lot of positives out of a time like that his his mum was in the stadium watching the game oh, so that I must have been imagine. unbelievable for for her to have to to deal with that but the support getting that level of support from you know millions of people that you've never met any of them um must at least help a little bit in that kind of in that moment yeah, yeah. It, and, what, and what happens now you know who knows it's i mean you almost like it seems silly in a way almost to say it doesn't matter like who cares what happens now you have to have that perspective on it because it's you know you want a guy to get to get better but what the NFL do from here is, I mean, they've said that they're not going to play, they're not going to attempt to replay the game this week. Um, the, this is this is why I kind of, I mean, the, the the NFL get a lot of things wrong, and they probably got this wrong in the cold light of day, by or did by dithering about it for so long. But this is why I see, like they they they've got to be think, they've got to think through everything, they've got to think through like it, you can't. Obviously, you've got to be, you've got to make a decision with the facts that are available. Um, but you, they're thinking they've they've got to still make that decision, thinking right, what's going to happen to tomorrow, or what's going to happen the day after. Like obviously, you every instinct and everyone that was there, and that's why it was so it's it's it was great that Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott came together and did what they did. Um, like what conversations were had between them and the NFL, the NFL PA, I don't know. We might not, we might not ever know, but like they, they, they will be making decisions thinking, right. What, where, like there is like the NFL won't stop. It might stop for today. It might stop for tomorrow. But it won't stop forever. The season won't stop. The season, the Super Bowl will happen. So they've, yeah. they've got, they've got to be fair to all parties. They've got to come up with a, a solution that obviously like Buffalo and Cincinnati won't, care whether it's fair or not right now no but that the nfl have still got to try and be fair and be fair to other teams who equally won't care right now um but presumably at well presumably week 18 games will go ahead yeah probably well, probably all of them they're all, for, they're all scheduled to including the bills and the the bengals you know it's there's I don't think there's any plan to postpone those games at the minute. Who knows? 
I mean, we could we could speculate. It, feel, it feels a bit crass to speculate, I mean, but I, I suspect I suspect this game will never get replayed or finished. No. I no, assume. I think, I think you're right, and, and it shouldn't really. No, I think I mean, the best case I, I scenario. Think... I'm sorry, I was going to say the best case scenario for the NFL is probably results for the Bills and the Bengals go in such a way that that game becomes meaningless. So it won't affect the outcome of where anyone is in the seedings. So why Yeah, but they it? they they can't retrospectively say do that. They've got to they've got to make that clear before next week. Yeah, fair. Um, I, I almost feel like the the only thing that needs to happen well, that anybody wants to happen really is that you get news that the players are out. And <laughs> yeah, that's you know, that's that 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 can't be anything else that that makes any difference and if and if that means I don't know if the Bills don't play this game or then or next week game and miss out on something I mean that's just yeah. that's the way it goes you know it's that's it, what everyone would have been hoping last night and yeah it's I think ultimately you've got to you've got to remember it's it's a game and it, it matters a lot we do this podcast because the the game matters to a lot of people but you expect the players who play the game to go home to their families afterwards, and when when they're not, um, that's where it, the game starts to matter a lot less. It's easy to forget that the players are people. That's the bottom line because yeah. the way the TV coverage is, it's so like computer gamey that you you the, the athletes are separate from the people yeah. a lot of the time until you you know see them off the field doing their thing, and that's not that common. So. This brings you right back to the realization that what people are out there are mortals, supremely fit athletic mortals, but mortals. And, uh, you know, it brings it home that the, the risks they're putting themselves through on a daily basis. If they do go through alarmingly regularly because of the brutal nature of this sport, they do go through seeing serious injuries happen. Mark, we were the, your previous Monday night game back at the start of the season. Um, we You're playing against the Titans. One of your players had a horrific looking neck injury and you had similar scenes briefly on the field and the the ambulance came out and the game was halted for half hour or whatever it was yeah. and you know, luckily he was he was fine i think he was back within a week or two or something yeah, yeah, crazy like that but um at the time you're looking at this say this is awful and you've got and both teams are kneeling in prayer around around this guy and it it happens all too often and the yeah, I guess. However, however, used to this sort of stuff, like seeing seeing a player's ankle break is one thing, but seeing this when you know someone's life in danger is just another level. I don't know. Like, I can't begin to imagine. I can't. No. And Pat, as you say, yeah, these these are all these are all human beings. Um, they're playing a game they love, uh, but no nobody signs up for that. Well, I think this this is the thing is that. So I'm a motorsport fan, um, particularly uh, motorbikes. And you see probably a handful of deaths every year in that sport. And the guys that do it recognize that it's a risk. I think that's the thing that's so shocking with the NFL is we're used to, you know, these big season ending injuries. But I mean, you said the last time you you saw something this horrendous happen, Adam was 1971. So we're talking what once every 50 years for for something this serious um and i think that's the thing is we you i mean as pat said the the fact that 
we see these guys as almost like superhuman beings that they'll take a pounding and occasionally will get a horrendous injury that takes them out for the season, but then they'll bounce back next year. And you, you sort of forget that something like this is, is possible and it's, it's scary. And you know, just have to hope that, that he makes a, a full recovery. Um, the, it's, it's like you say, it's, you mentioned the, the crass nature of any other speculation at, at this time. And I think that's, I think that's the thing. The NFL will probably have something in mind for what they'll do, but I don't, we'll, we'll find out until probably Wednesday or maybe even Thursday before they really make any announcements. And I'm guessing that they're probably hoping that they get some positive news on the player before they say anything about this stuff. hundred percent. I think that's what they're waiting on. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I think it's, um, that's that, that isn't, you almost needs to be the next thing that happens because yeah, well, like, fingers from, crossed from, from a bills player perspective, I don't think they give a shit about anything else. They, they want to know their friend and teammate is okay before they worry about, you know, putting pads on and entertaining crowds again. Fair. And yeah, obviously it goes without saying that we're all crossing our fingers, crossing everything that that's exactly, exactly what happens. And that's, that's how this plays out. So yeah. Obviously, best best wishes to everyone involved. We are going to well, we're, we're going to talk about some some games and stuff, and um, there've been some some other things going on in the NFL. Um, but we will we will do that shortly. There we go. This is the Long Snapper Podcast. You've heard Pat, Rich, and Mark. Um, there were there was some some pretty good football in week 17 um obviously 15 15 other games took place um and yeah there are going to be playoffs and and stuff like that um there were some some enjoyable games that we watched there'll be no doubt some enjoyable games in week 18 probably not the one in Jacksonville um that's going to be a, an absolute shit show i imagine on on saturday night what's all that about um but um yeah week 17 there were some games should we review them in a format that might last one sentence most good let's give that a shot um dallas 27 tennessee 13 as predictably one-sided as you would have expected it to be actually i'd argue a little less so (laughs) (laughs) if that's (laughs) arizona 19 atlanta 20 this game was much more watchable than we had any right to expect. Chicago 10, Detroit 41. The Lions put themselves right back in contention for a wildcard spot with this comfortable win. Jacksonville 31, Houston 3. If or when the Jags make the playoffs, I'm not sure I'd want to face them. Lawrence and Etienne seem pretty hard to stop right now. Denver 24, Kansas City 27. The Chiefs managed to overcome a sloppy start to top the surprisingly punchy Broncos in their first game since firing Nathaniel Hackett. Miami 21, New England 23. The Pats winning this did seem somewhat inevitable. Just one win away from that all-important nine wins that um, might win me that bet, because that's what matters. Indianapolis 10, New York Giants 38. The Giants have clinched a wildcard spot. The Giants! Are you sure? It's disgusting, isn't it? Uh, New Orleans 20, Philadelphia 10. The return of Lattimore helped strengthen the Saints' defence and prevent the Eagles claiming the number one seed, for this week at least. 
Carolina 24, Tampa Bay 30. Fuck you, Carolina. You had one job. Try stopping Mike Evans. You know, that one who's scoring all the touchdowns. So frustrating. Uh, Cleveland 24, Washington 10. The Commanders got everything they deserved. As for Ron Rivera, the once great coach will get his pink slip soon enough. San Francisco 37, Las Vegas 34. An unexpected shootout. Splendid game. Thanks, Josh. Never doubted you for a moment. (laughs) The game was ridiculous. New York Jets 6, Seattle 23. Pivotal game that both eliminated the Jets from the postseason and keeps Seahawks in the close range, in the close race for the final NFC wildcard spot. Minnesota 17, Green Bay 41. The Packers are coming. A demolition of the 12 and 4 Vikings leaves them somehow in control of their own destiny to make the playoffs. LA Rams. Cheese. <laughs> LA Rams 10, LA Chargers 31. Chargers are heading to the playoffs and the Rams are having one of the worst seasons for a Super Bowl winning side. The balance of power in LA has well and truly shifted. Pittsburgh 16, Baltimore 13. A drab encounter until Kenny Pickett's helmet comes broke and he led a game-winning drive calling his own plays. I couldn't disagree more about drab encounter. I thought that game was terrific. Loves a defensive arm wrestling. I, I, I really do. <laughs> really Definitely do. your type of game. You should I be a Steelers fan. I, yeah, I'm considering a switch. So, yeah. I'm, when, when even no, I'm not. The, weren't they even talking in the broadcast about how like the commentator's team had done like six of those games and they'd all at some stage been like 13-9 with six minutes to go. Yeah. Which is how they always are. <laughs> I, I enjoyed watched... the stat that um, the Steelers had had more 10-plus play drives than any other team this year, which surprised me at first. And I was like, oh, yeah, because they go like four-yard run, four-yard run, little screen pass. They make 20 yards down the field, last as many plays as possible. <laughs> Do you know what? the Jim Harbour uh, 49ers. Mike Mike Tomlin and Craig's ears will be burning. He might drop in later, by the way. Craig's ears will love what I'm about to say. Mike Tomlin for Coach of the Year, for how how he's got that team to be even close to being relevant. Look at I, I mean, mean they were they were Mitchell Trubisky at the start of the year, like <laughs> and like Kenny Kenny Pickett's looked pretty good, which I don't think people necessarily expected or expecting him to play as well. Obviously, their defense is a big part of this. But yeah, I love I love that game. I watched the whole like the whole thing in real time, rather than just forty minutes. You know, Bank Holiday Monday will help with that sort of stuff. Uh, but it was like a defensive game like that becomes sometimes it can be more gripping than a shootout because that final drive, you know, like there's no room for there's no room for error, and you can see it the the tension building up and building up and building up because it's so difficult to score. It actually to, it becomes all the more impressive when they did and Pittsburgh Pittsburgh getting that win because they were screwed with a couple of officiating decisions earlier in that game that Cam Hayward penalty I thought oh, was good just gonna or nonsense screw yeah them. absolute <laughs> bullshit but they the fact they overcame that was absolutely superb and I actually think they got the number wrong on the Cam Hayward one I think there was a hold but I think it was actually. Um, a different numbered jersey and they called the wrong number because on the replay you could see something going on in the background that looked like more like the actual potential foul but I agree if that if that was genuinely what the one they called it was complete nonsense 
it was six of one and half a dozen of the other, if anything. It was just, it was, yeah. but what what goes on on most plays like that? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I will take issue with your uh, suggestion for head coach of the year, uh, and not because I don't agree with every word you said, but because Dable somehow got the Giants into the playoffs. Okay. And I think there's I, I, very, there's, <laughs> you'd have to go a long way to beat that as an achievement. I mean, I, I sort of, I had a thought popped into my head. And I went with it without thinking it through. Um, but I might, I might double down. I'm still, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna go with this. It seems, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I assume we'll have that discussion when the, uh, when the is, the is Daniel Jones one, but... making the playoffs more impressive? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought, I just thought that the Steelers would be absolutely nothing. Oh, but as you, as you rightly point you. out, I thought the Giants were going to be nothing as well. So, you know, the, the Steelers can still, they have to have other sets of results go their way, but they can still make the yeah. final wildcard spot, they can't can. they? Yeah. Which yeah. would be a hell of, that would, to be fair, that would get them right in there with the Brian Dable discussion as well. <laughs> but in, in the Giants' case, they went 5 and 0, I think. They they won a lot of their games and they've, they've lost a bit of momentum and have, have stalled. It helps when you play the Colts in week 17. Um, but the the Steelers have gone the other way. They were two and six, and they've they've put this recovery together. So there you go. I'm I'm I'm, I'm doubling down. Tomlin. There you go. Um, well, <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Vote yeah. vote for Dayball when we come to that point. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah, and you might win that vote. I don't care. I mean, surely, surely it's got to be Doug Pedersen. Surely, right? Well, surely. There's he's, a team that's flying. He's he's in the conversation and uh, well, probably on similar similar vibes to the Steelers. Uh, well, let's see how Saturday night had. goes before we get excited about that. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's an overachievement either way, but yeah. the, it making the playoffs as Dable has will make all the difference in the argument between those two certainly because what the Giants have done is miraculous. I remember a few weeks back saying, given their injuries. I don't expect them to beat the commanders and I see their playoff push faltering out and that has absolutely not happened. And you've got people like Richie James and Isaiah Hodgins stepping up and catching touchdowns all over the place. And yeah, I I don't know where this has come from, but I I weirdly like it. I love, I love Richie James, but he was barely a wide receiver three at at the Niners when he was with us. Um, Yeah. He's, he's not, he's not a top end wide receiver, but right now he's playing like probably a wide receiver two at least. Same as I say, as I say, Hodgins got cut by the Bills um, and has gone there. Obviously, Dable obviously knows him. Um, He seems to be getting a lot out of very, very mediocre talent pool at the moment. More power to him. He's really impressive. Dable knows how to use his bits, like Phil Rivers, but different. (laughs) I wasn't wasn't quite sure where you were going with that, but yeah. Craig's not um, even here to be annoyed at the reference. I <laughs> <laughs> will be more annoyed when he's the Jets quarterback next year. <laughs> oh, how can I mean that could happen, right? I mean, he's, he's, what, he's like, available. Stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. Well, we didn't we didn't get round. I think to talking about this last week was the annual Terrell Owens "Come and Get Me" plea. I think he's <laughs> he's what now forty nine. <laughs> And if people are yes. talking about that with any seriousness, you know, Phil Rivers, is that only, what, a season and a half out of the NFL? Is it once? No, two, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I think he played in 2020. He so, must have a couple more kids to pay for now as well, so he could probably use a new pay for his contract. He's put a couple of sets of triplets out since he retired, I would think. So <laughs> yeah. they don't come cheap. No. Yeah. Um, I think, and... you know, he fit, he fit in well. He looked good in green. 
<laughs> it would. Um, yeah, how did we get here? So, yeah, playoff playoff scenarios. It's the NFC is probably cleaner. It feels like this. This surprised me. The NFL's scheduling, which on the, on the you know, before Monday night happened, um, they've decided not to put the Jags Titans game as a Sunday night game, and so they always try and have that final game in the final week be a either team can win an in game, and the, the Jags Titans was going to be the only one. But I think they kind of looked at it and thought, no one wants to watch that. Absolutely nobody wants to watch that. Um, so let's put a game in that slot that will be playoff relevant, but not quite, not necessarily a winning in for both teams. Unless, Can I tell unless my favorite the... thing about this, really, one of my favorite thing about this game is that it could have all. It's been flexed to Sunday night, and before kickoff, the Detroit Lions could have already been eliminated. Yes, if the Seahawks had won. Yeah, yeah. If the Seahawks win. Who do they need to win in order to get into the playoff? The Detroit Lions. Yeah, so you've got to be playing them at the same time. It's nice exactly. to put them apart. It's, it's well, they... mental because it means that they've just knocked out the team that they then need to win, and they know that they've knocked them out. It's bizarre because <laughs> all they're going to go is, well, fuck you then, I'll roll over. That's never going to happen against the no, Packers, though, is, is it? This they is won't, why they'll you want have... to win that regardless because they'll want to knock the Packers out. Of course they it will. It seems bizarre. Uh, yeah, but that, this is just goes back it, to was it the Giants and Eagles? I think a few years ago, where one of them winning that game would have would have taken out one of their or one of their other. Or was the Giants had to the Giants had to beat the Washington football team to knock the Eagles out of the playoffs, and it didn't matter for the other two. But it was like there was some weird combination, and they did it anyway just to spite them. This at least isn't that. So if 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 the Rams if the Rams beat the Seahawks, it's winning in in that Lions Packers game, right? Yeah. yeah. But if the Seahawks, uh, presumably the Seahawks are more likely to win, you would think. Although you never quite you never quite know. Uh, <laughs> but if the Seahawks have won that game, the Lions get to play to knock the Packers out, and you'd think they would, like, as deflating as it might be for them, they're going to be expecting that scenario. And I they, think they, they I be... think they would be up for it. They will be up for it regardless. That Dan Campbell thing is will get them up for anything. Yeah, yeah. The man that we there's laughed got to be at a for knock-on effect. Of, there's got to be a knock-on effect of like having been knocked out of contention for the playoffs, but half an hour before. It's it. It seems to be screwing the Lions a little bit, but yeah. in the, on the other hand, it's it's only if they've they're, they've lost anyway that. It's, it screws them. It's a weird one. I, got... I would love it. I have. I would love it if the <laughs> right, Rams Kevin. if the Rams beat the Seahawks, and that's a winning in because what a game that will be if it's winning in. The the thing for me is it almost seems like they've prioritised the number one seeding race in that nine twenty five slot rather than this because you've got the Eagles, the Cowboys, and the Niners all playing their games in that time slot, which decides number one seeding if the Eagles lose to the Giants because I that was obviously what I was looking at from a kind of Niners perspective um, but it does seem utterly bizarre that you'd not include that one in that scenario. So we've had I think what the reason the NFL have done this is they've had or whoever it's up to I'm guessing NBC's it's NBC's game whether they have a maybe it's their decision I'm not sure there have been three or four recent examples of 
quite shit winning in games that have gone into that time slot time slot and it the nature of it it always tends to end up being a division where you've got like the worst division in the nfl playing off to like so that the the seven and nine team can win and in i think there was i think there was a a seahawks game when they were like before russell wilson when they they were rubbish and more recently there was colts titans when mariota was hurt and there was yeah, it was a straight win and in between the Colts and Titans, and we started that game with Blaine Gabbert. Um, and given the, the Titans' current quarterback situation, I can see why they want to avoid showing something of that ilk on Sunday Night Football. I get that. Um, it's it's going to be Josh Dobbs trying to beat the Jags now. You wish you had Blaine Gabbert now. Josh Dobbs revenge game. Josh Josh Dobbs. No, I don't. I I I thought he was. I thought he played really well. There was uh, when he was with Jacksonville, he was like QB three or four, and he was better than our QBs one or two. I mean, he's not good. Unfortunately, he's not better than your QB one now, and that's what I needed to be. <laughs> um, I don't think it's the quarterback that's the main than... problem, as you've described already. No, no. Um, but yeah, Malik Willis has just been so bad that before last week's, before last Thursday night's game, Mike Brable's just gone, no. No, we're he's not he's not gonna he's not it he's not gonna win in Jacksonville. We don't have many options, um, but I'm gonna give our give what we've got the best chance by trying Josh Jobs, giving him that game just to give him a run out, see what he can do, and he he played all right. And actually, yeah. actually, we were in that game against the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defense turned up, or what's left of it. <laughs> in, in, in the injuries are a, an absolute absolute joke. Um, the O lines and anyway, I don't want to go here. Um, that's what's what's more what's more relevant. We've we've got that Pat Saturday night ESPN. I assume it's Buck and Aitman. I guess. Yes. I don't yes, I haven't that seen it. That confirmed. Okay. So no no cattle on this time, which is a real shame. That is that is a shame, but also it's no Steve Levy who'll get that second ESPN game, I guess, and he's one of the worst play-by-play guys that's ever called a game in history. Give me Andrew Catalan above him, uh, but Buck and Aitman, fine. Are you guys going to get together for that one? We could do, I guess, Saturday night. What else are you doing Saturday night? I mean, if you don't mind putting up with me till three in the morning, I'm happy to come round. I mean, I'd like to think it'll be over by three in the morning, but we'll probably have to. Uh... <laughs> um, I don't mean your company. I'm in this game. But yeah. It... one fifteen kickoff. So 430. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. It is what it is. We'll see. Uh... <laughs> we'll see that game. Um, Saturday night's not the worst, not the worst slot in the NFL, I, I suppose. Um, no, they've, they're putting the Chiefs Raiders on before that. Uh, that's got. Like Kansas City can, I suppose it's the. It's it's a, that this is where it gets messy. It's it's messy. Is that fair? Um, I don't know. Well, I, I don't know, but it's it, it's uh, what you pointed out earlier on. It's horrible because there's there's clearly far more important things, but these games are still going to be played, and you look at the you you're mentioning the Steelers earlier on as well. That well. Their game, they have to win and hope results go their way. Well, one of those games is the Patriots Bills. And... Well, they were they were waiting on the outcome of the Bengals Bills game to decide where to put. Uh, yeah. I think it was the Ravens and who is it? Ravens Bengals when when that one was going to be played, depending on. Yeah, yeah. It's it's 
it's so complicated. Um, and yeah, as you say, these games are presumably all all going to happen in week eighteen at, at various times. It, it'll be absolutely bonkers on red zone. You know that's that's what it's there for. Scott Scott will do his best to keep you keep you in a know about about what's what's going on. Um, how do you how do you see it shaking out in the in the NFC? Um, I'm guessing the likelihood is it is that the Steelers and Packers both win, based on what we've kind of intimated, and it's it's set up to it's set up to go that way. Well, it's incredible that, that we've got the... to a point where the Packers are actually favourites for that final wildcard slot, given everything they've been through this season. But looking at the fixtures for the last week, they definitely are. They're the only ones who've got it in their own hands. Yeah. This is the weird thing is that right now, if you look at the wildcard, if the season ended today positions, it puts the Seahawks in the seventh seed. But because the Lions knock out Green Bay on, on that three-way tiebreaker first... As soon as you get Green Bay beat the Lions, they go above the Seahawks, even if the Seahawks win. Yeah, so that it's based, is that based on strength of as, schedule or something like that. As it's, it stands, isn't really relevant, is it? Because it's just it's just the scenarios of the, the Packers win, they're in. Bottom line, um, basically, yep. And then um, if if they don't, it's between the Lions and the Seahawks, depending on. I think the yeah, Packers would, can't would, lose them. Get in, I don't think. No, it's. I think if the Seahawks win in the then the other, and that game's a tie then the Seahawks can get in without the, you know, oh, throw a tie into the mix. Yeah. That's what we need. <laughs> it's, it's one of, it's one of those weird things. I, I would be very surprised if it's anything other than uh, the, I think it's probably going to be the Packers. Um, yeah. I don't see the Seahawks losing to the Rams. So that, that puts Seahawks win in that column. Hmm. And then it's down to the lions and uh, they're at green Bay. And they're just, they've been so inconsistently, wildly inconsistent over the last few weeks that they could absolutely smash the Packers or they could go in there and just roll over and have their tummies tickled. The way J.R. Alexander behaved this weekend, I hope the Lions win. I mean, I'd have hoped it anyway, but that would just added an exclamation point to the fuck off. Was that the, sleep- was that the sleeping thing on the sideline that he did? Was that Alexander that, was, that did that? No, that was Thibodeau. So Alexander, oh, he did. Sorry, he, co- he covered. Um, Jefferson Justin Jefferson and did a little gritty, and I didn't mind that because you know if you're going to dance in someone's end zone like a prick, you deserve to get danced back when he comes you out of the game. But he hit, hit him with the cheap shot as he was tackling someone who'd uh, intercepted Cousins for one of the 700 times Cousins threw interceptions in that game. Mm. Um, he made the tackle which ended up out of bounds, and Jair hit him out of bounds and then he was crying on after the game where a ridiculous massive hat saying oh all those people who disrespected me they can all pipe down now they said I was a good corner I'm a great corner it's like saying you're a good corner is a compliment dickhead pipe down he's like Were you Alexander, a couple of years ago he was like I always thought he was like this incredible player he's come across as a real twat this season yeah. I don't know I, who... used, I used to think Jared Alexander good corner Co- yeah. good cornerbacks player. now I cornerbacks think Jared are cock. twats uh, this but is, like this all is... of a sudden, I did. I had no, no idea you were on the twat new. radar before. All cornerbacks are twats. It's a fact. Oh, okay. I, uh, I Tyson Campbell is the exception that proves this rule. There's one. Okay, one exception that proves the rule. There isn't a second. <laughs> That's it. Oh, uh, I'm, I'll die on yeah, that I, hill. But I had no idea that he was quite such a bell end because he was. He was also the one that was um, being a twat with um, with Diggs in the Bills game. 
and he's done it. He's done it an awful lot in like seemingly the second half of the season. He's just mm. become like he's gone all Kanye West on us. Not Me. not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> not yet. He's not not, not far mm. away. It's it's always fun. I always enjoy a chippy cornerback who you know he's opposite a wide receiver who's racked up well over a hundred years, a uh, hundred yards, and there's this one moment. That's a hell, get, of a, it's a hell yeah, of a career. Yeah, that's Owens, don't we? He'll get his hand in on one on one play and manage to bat the ball away, and then stand over and do like the incomplete signal in in the in the wide receiver's face. It's like, dude, you've been torched. What are you on? <laughs> how good? How massive is your ego that all of a sudden that's the that's the the moment to talk? this guy that's absolutely destroying you if i had and a buck for every titans yeah. db that had done that in history blimey but that's the problem isn't it because you you come across like that in the media between time you're just setting up a rod for the next time you get torched and people are going to pull us back out and be like oh yeah big hat dickhead oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> rich yeah. i think you were thinking initially were you thinking of the that that giants player that celebrated was, in front of Foles when he was he was well, convulsing I almost on the ground the, in agony. The celebration looks worse than it is because the camera angle makes him look like he's right next to him and he's not. He's he's away away I, from I, him and he's laying he's down. So he obviously can't, yeah, unaware. Clearly yeah. had no idea. Right, it's, it's the fact that he then got up, went to the sideline and did this like sleepy time yeah. mime no, towards him. It's like, that's a bit of a dick move thing to do. Defensive players are idiots. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> And, and all quarterbacks are twats, except one, apparently. <laughs> uh, this is true. Um, how how the seeding's going to shake out in the, in the NFC? I mean, Philadelphia are playing a Giants team who have literally nothing to play for, so their seeding isn't going to change. So you you have to assume that the Eagles are going to win that game. So this is, this is fascinating because what happens... I, I'm with you. I think the Eagles comfortably run away with that one because the Giants will probably play their starters for maybe a quarter and then pull them all just so they're not rusty for the following week. Um, but if some weird upset happens and the Giants beat the Eagles, it's possible for the Eagles to fall all the way down to the fifth seed because Dallas can overtake them. <laughs> Which I didn't realise until I was playing with the playoff machine and it turns <laughs> out that they can actually end up fifth. And that would put San Francisco into the first seed, assuming they beat Arizona. It's between, I think, yeah, if, I think we have to we have to win. But if we win and Dallas win and the Vikings win, we all shuffle up one. But I think even if we don't win, I think the Cowboys can actually take that first seed because yes, of all the kind of head-to-head stuff. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't change. Yeah, that would just you winning just would dump you. Sorry, if you lost, you would end up being the third seed. Right. Dallas would third, depending Dallas on the Vikings. Seed, Vikings second seed if that happened. But I it... think I think all the teams in the top three should win those games because the Vikings are playing the Bears who've got nothing really to play for. Um, we're playing the Cardinals who have nothing really to I've, play for. I've never seen a team start as 14-point favourites before in the in wow. the desert. That's unbelievable. <laughs> That's what the Niners are currently. See, I the, don't know that we'd be that far ahead. I know The, the Niners Shadow... are at home. It's The Niners are at home, so yeah. it's yeah. not in the desert. Oh, is that what you mean? I meant as in the betting desert. Is in, like, <laughs> oh, I thought you literally meant in... No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, okay, <laughs> those those, those, shad- those shadowy figures that um that set the uh that set the betting lines. That takes oh. me back to the week that I watched them play in the rain in the desert, and it turned out to be Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
but yeah, I I think I don't really see anyone in that top four or five losing a game. So it's really only the kind of that that final wild card spot that becomes the interesting one in the NFC. The, Unless the most, there's some crazy upset. Well, that's it. I, yeah, I, I can't see anyone else losing, and it's basically down to. Who I can see. Who I can see the Vikings losing to the Bears for what it's worth. <laughs> given what's just happened to them. But that doesn't actually change. Even if they do, they'll still be the third seed. Yeah. yeah. So it, yeah, yeah. It's, it might even be the Vikings resting well, their starters rest, unless, they see, unless they see blood elsewhere. Yeah. Well, th- this is the thing because they play first. So everyone else is playing the 925 slot. I think the Bears-Vikings is the 6 p.m. slot. So okay. they would have th- that game would be done. So it's not like they can, you know, Play play to the half and then see that everyone else is three touchdowns ahead and just rest their starters for the second well, half. Actually, there you go, NFL. You've you've made one sensible decision with all of this. Congratulations. <laughs> you play your starters because they didn't play last week, so they may as well play this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this would leave. So this is this is my my crew prediction, which seems to have a bit of consensus. The Philadelphia get the the buy, then it would be Green Bay going to San Francisco. Oh, how about that? Um, New York Giants at Minnesota, which sounds a bit their yeah, first shitty yeah. game on a Saturday night to it. Um, <laughs> Dallas at Tampa, that will be obviously the big game on Fox. Um, you, Tampa you know will it. knock them out. Tampa will knock the Cowboys out if that's the if that's the game. Oh, I don't oh, know. God. I would. It'll be in, it'll be in Tampa. God Almighty, I can't bear it with Brady. I can't bear it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't want either of those sides to win. So you know, whichever way it goes, I'll be in, amused. It's an interesting flip side to the having all interdivisional gains in the final week of the season because if you're the Giants and you beat the Eagles, the only team you're helping there is the Cowboys. So who do you hate more? It's like, do, do, do I want to see a Jags probably, win to keep the Titans out or what? I don't know. It's I mean, they probably hate one. the Eagles more somehow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I think I think ultimately they've got to look after number one. <laughs> so. Yeah, choose, deciding whether you hate the Eagles or Cowboys more is probably a moot point for them. Yeah, you'd rather you'd rather start your starters for a quarter, keep them so they're not completely rusty, yeah. but have them mostly rested, ready for the Vikings because you know that is a game you could win. Oh based yeah, on, just yeah. Based on current form at the moment, who do you reckon's winning a potential game between the Vikings and the Giants? Uh, whoever starts fastest. I think the Vi- I think the Vikings would win, but you, think? you don't I'm know not, when I'm they're going to shit the I'm bed. Not so, I'm yeah. not so sure with them at the moment. It's the Vikings should win. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the better, more talented roster. Yeah, but that mm. Viking that that Giants team is capable of upsets. It, I don't know. They, I mean, uh, I feel like they I all are that, in that confidence. Other than the the, the Eagles are a, a bit ahead. I don't think that I don't think the Niners would slip up against the Packers. No, for what it's Should, worth, shouldn't. But shouldn't. But that would be, if... be the Packers on a five-game winning streak at that point. We're on an eight-game winning streak. It's, I mean, it's true. But all I'm saying <laughs> is that it's you absolutely. Should, I forget. As as I've said, I, I think you're making the Super Bowl. Um, as I said about eight weeks ago, I think. But um, I think that the I think the Packers is a. You wouldn't have ever thought that that would be a difficult game, but all of a sudden, that's. All of a sudden, that's it, Brock Purdy versus um, like a an inform um, Rogers. It's ridiculous. It becomes it becomes an actual game rather yeah. than if if we played them week five of this season, we would probably roll them over pretty comfortably. Um, but the the thing 
the I found this out earlier today. We've lost one game since the CMC trade, and that was the Chiefs game that we had two days after he arrived in the building. Yeah, he's he's racked up. I think shit almost that, 200 yards won. from scrimmage. Yeah, two whole days <laughs> to learn the playbook. What's, he's, right, like, right. He's, he's, he's fucking rubbish. But he's gone over 100 yards six times since we traded for him. And it, he's, he's unbelievable. it's just completely transformed the franchise and how I feel about this season. Because I was, I was pretty confident we should make the playoffs given the talent we had before we made that trade. And in the weeks after that, I'm like this is this is just totally it, like the game against the Raiders, for example, was incredibly frustrating, and that that really tells me how much my attitude towards this team has changed because I was irritated by some of the losses early in the year, but it was like eh, these things happen. Whereas even the idea that we'd lose to the Raiders was infuriating at this point. If we're talking about coach of the year, how Kyle Shanahan has got a team to twelve and four, losing two starting quarterbacks. That's got to be up there with like look, best best performances. We've be got a we've look, got. A I was on a roll with this with, with my others, <laughs> my Mike Tomlin thing. I was on a roll with it. I got carried away. Maybe I've I've not thought it all through. Um, but so stop stop messing with it. Just leave it be. <laughs> Just pointing out all these other worthy head coaches. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mark, but, you mentioned earlier Zach Zach Taylor should be in there with a shout for uh, head coach of the year. Stop it! Yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete Carroll. <laughs> talking of talking of <laughs> candidates who are not going to be head coach of the year, Ron Rivera That's... not even knowing that they were going to be eliminated if Green Bay won the game later in the afternoon is mo- one of the most ridiculous uh, post game interview moments I've seen in a long time. Why? It explains his decision to go with Carson Wentz, arguably. Yeah. Just madness. Like, but how do you not understand all of the potential outcomes for your franchise? going into the last two weeks of the season. Yeah. It's it's just staggering. Like he is a guy who all those years in Carolina used to really think he's like he Riverboat Ron didn't come from nothing. You know, he he would he would go with he would go balls out to win games before it became a, a thing. Um and the sad thing I is, I don't know why like, it's just like a shadow of his former self. The, the sad thing is, like when you see a few of those interviews, he looks like a bit of a bumbling old man now. And in comparison to the likes of people like Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, like those younger, like Zach Taylor would have absolutely known all the playoff scenarios if he was if he was the um, the Washington head coach. Absolutely. He knows what, he knows Anybody what else would. Is. Surely, yeah, it's just it's, like... it's, am- it's amazing. What Even three years Urban of working... Meyer would have known. It's amazing <laughs> what working for three years nah. uh, for Dan Snyder will do to a man. Yeah, <laughs> well, quite maybe, maybe so. It's I mean, that whole organization. They they alluded to this on around the NFL. Why the fuck are they releasing a mascot after week seventeen of a season? <laughs> and then an been... awful mascot. An awful mascot. But what are you doing? Was it a Why pig? Now? What was what's oh, going it was, on? It was it was a hog. Yeah, it was. It alludes back to the their successful hogs team that won some Super Bowls back like back in the day. I think like the fifties or something. But I'm we, I'm honestly surprised it wasn't a red Indian. I wouldn't have put it past them. No, I, but I, like if you're doing it, why why are you doing it the, in the penultimate week of a season? Yes, it's, it's that whole organization is weird. And Major then, to, to have it, 
Major they, Tuddy. What a terrible name as well. Terrible name. They had to cheer up their fan base after being eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you do? It, oh, I mean, it, yeah. I don't know. That team, man. Wow. The um, Hogs was the offensive line nickname in about early 80s. So I heard that earlier on a different point. Okay. Well, fair enough. Whatever. But yeah. AFC, I kind of... It's a bit difficult to speculate too much given given how we where we started the show and obviously everything that's everything that was going on there so it i kind of maybe we give that a bit of a swerve and just wait to see how how things play out and um, because we don't necessarily know at, the, at this point what the the week 18 outcomes will be i mean it's the only thing for sure is that there'll be the there's the jacksonville tennessee game because they're playing yeah, each other and whoever yeah. wins that gets in. The rest of it, I think, is is so completely up in the air at the moment. It yeah, you just you you, you know you, no one's had any idea. The Bengals, Bills and Chiefs have all clinched their divisions, right? So Yes. Yes. It's the you're playing for you're playing for those top seeds. Um and the Chargers are in. Um, it's just the the Ravens who well they are they in? I think they they are, aren't they? The, the Ravens the are seven... in, the Ravens are wild card, yeah. yeah well, it's miraculous good. that they could still win their division. Like that, I wasn't expecting to see as a scenario in the final week of the season, given how the last I don't know two months have gone. The Steelers need a favour from the Jets, basically, um, yeah. and I'm not I'm not sure how well placed they are. To, I like to the fact you've that. given their favour from the Bills as a given. It, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they, I mean, the Steelers, I still think it looks unlikely. Um, but like you said, who knows? It depends on what's going on with that Bills-Patriots game. There's there's an awful lot of questions before we, before yeah. we get to that point. Okay. As we as we said at the top, fingers crossed uh, that that will goes, uh, goes as we hope. Um, Rich seems to have disappeared. Um, I'm still here. Okay. That's a, I was going to say that's a relief, but that would be a lie. <laughs> well, it is a relief because if we're going to do some one sentence previews, some of them have been prepared by you. So it would be handy if you were here. Prepared is generous. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, here we go. Let's let's do that. Um, we start farcically on Saturday afternoon with Kansas City at Las Vegas. The Raiders have nothing to play for other than maybe present, preventing the Chiefs from enjoying a bye week. Tennessee at Jacksonville. An AFC South barnstormer, winning in for both sides, who currently couldn't be heading in different directions. Jags start six and a half point favourites, and even that seems a little bit too little. I'm backing them with that spread, Jesus. Um, Tampa Bay at Atlanta. This game could have had loads on the line. It ends up with nothing. Thanks a lot, NFC South. Mm. New England at Buffalo. Hoping, obviously, this goes without saying that this goes ahead in the right way. Um, all the sentiment, everything like that. Despite all of that, if the Pats win, I'll get 20 quid off you, Mark. So, yeah. Um, Minnesota at Chicago. After being embarrassed by the Packers, the Vikings will want to get back on track in the run-up to the playoffs. Houston at Indianapolis. This game is going to be like watching a car accident in slow motion on repeat. Seems kind to car accidents. Um, New York Jets at Miami. Two teams suffering from huge end of season collapses. 
the Dolphins can still make the playoffs, but have to win and rely on other results. And winning might end up being the most tricky part. Oh no, they're playing the Jets. What a time for Craig to say hello. <laughs> I was not saying perfect. We <laughs> 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 planned it. <laughs> Carolina at New Orleans. I guess Scott Hansen will reluctantly show the touchdowns from this one. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. The Steelers are still in the running for the final playoff spot. If they win this, they'll be cheering for a Jets win in Miami. Baltimore at Cincinnati. These two have already clinched, but a Ravens win wins under the division, so there's more on the line than you'd think, unless you listened to the podcast five minutes ago. <laughs> New York Giants at Philadelphia. Philly to surely clinch the bye against the Giants team who can't change their already booked playoff seeding. It's like we've said this already. Um, Dallas at Washington. The Cowboys can remarkably still win the NFC, and they should have no issue winning their game against Riverboat Wrong and the useless Hogs of Washington. Was that Riverboat Wrong deliberate? Because <laughs> that's amazing if it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's his new name. Um, LA Chargers at Denver. This one actually matters for the Chargers, who might well prefer to face whoever grabs top spot in the AFC South shootout. LA Rams at Seattle. Come on, LA, give the Lions something to play for that isn't just knocking their divisional rivals out. Arizona at San Francisco. This should be an easy win for the Niners. But then again, I thought that last week. <laughs> uh, Detroit at Green Bay. The Packers are on a late-season tear and will start as favourites to get the win they need to miraculously make the playoffs. There you go, one sentence previews. Craig, is there any way that the Jets are going to do the Steelers a favour? I guess it's it's a it's a horrible question to throw to you. Hi, how are you? And all that. Happy New Year. Um, you've just been eliminated from the playoffs, but are you going to win this game that's meaningless to you? Yeah. Uh, oh, mate, I'm not even going to pretend to. Fuck knows. Get me. Toss us calling. Um, I think we could. We could also get slapped. I'd like to think we won't get slapped, uh, and I'd like to think we'd want to win it, but. I know you're really glad I, I turned up for that. <laughs> I know. What 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 what, am I, what are the highlights? What am I looking forward to when I listen back? I mean, all of it, obviously. Um, Too much. Same as every week. <laughs> Can I say what my favourite bit from last week's pod was? Was uh, when you were trying to decide who of your opponents was uh, not going to score a touchdown. Um, to which Craig said, oh, don't worry about that. The Seahawks ain't running us. We've got Quinn and Williams back. Uh, Kayvon Walker, 133 Have you written all later. this down? No. <laughs> Clearly not Kenneth Walker's name. <laughs> Sorry, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. 133 yards later. They, good, job he did, good job he couldn't run on you. Imagine what but, he could have done. Did he score a touchdown? No. <laughs> oh, right. still, still ran a I lot. Mean, in a way, you're both idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't didn't quite didn't quite go that way. I, I I must confess to having similar um recollections from that that conversation. Um that's you sort of kind of we all set ourselves up for that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But it was uh it, it felt it, it felt like that trip that trip to Seattle is never never easy in general um but it's 
Like even even when they're not very good, this it's always seems to be a difficult place to go. Yeah, good team. I I, I mean, yes, and they're getting some decent QB play, but we, we there are times where you know what can you we we were just so bad at points, right? Offensively. Um, but you yeah, know, you know nice. you know you know the piece that needs fixing above all others. It's it's obvious. So go For go sure. and do that in the off season. Yeah, and I and I think there's something like you know I I, I did uh, I tweeted this yesterday when uh, Jets Twitter went that into meltdown. Um, and look, don't get me wrong, the last few weeks have not been great, and it does feel like along the season maybe more so than. Certainly, recent memory, there have been lots of sort of missed opportunities in games to win games to make a difference in, uh, competitively that we've maybe not taken, and that's frustrating. But look, we've managed, like everyone, you know, a ton of injuries. That's always hard when you get into key players. It's a challenge, and we won many more games. You know, if you chance of. Uh, I mean, I guess it's not 500, is it? Whatever that would be. <laughs> but, you know, listen, seven, eight games at the end of the season is exactly what, you know, we were talking about at the start of the year. Coaching staff handled themselves reasonably well. Better, more good than bad. Look, enjoy it. Get better. Come back next year. I think that... I'll tell you what, the big thing, the, one, the question I guess I... I I wonder if you've already talked about this, but the big thing this year, and it happens all the time, but maybe not so much as as as, as stark as this year, is the change in divisions. Like that AFC East division, if you you know you consider the once once upon a time when it was just Patriots and that was it, you know, a good Dolphins uh, team, a good Jets side, a good Bills side, like, and then you look at across the South. Did you conference. did you mention us third in that list? Hey man, yeah, here's what it is. That um, seemed like the exciting. seemed like an accurate ranking to me. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so yeah, Hashtag I just think it's, it's it's wild. <laughs> it's wild. It's wild how the divisions change and football becomes exciting. And yeah, looking forward to the end of the season. But all positive. It, no, not all. Mostly positive. Um, for Jets fans, we should have been, we should enjoy it. Enjoy the season. Yeah, you'd have you'd have you'd have taken this in the in the summer, wouldn't you? That sounds like more than enough Jets chat, though, um, for now. <laughs> always. Um, always. <laughs> any Jets chat any, yes. is more than enough. <laughs> um, but but like, you... we're front page news nowadays. You lot pipe down. <laughs> New, New, York, New York Post, maybe. <laughs> Gets um, eliminated as the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and nobody... Well, well, ouch, <laughs> ouch, ouch. Um, Speaking of news... It was uh, interesting this week that a mistake from Deshaun Watson led to an illegal touching penalty. That's the first time that's ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, um, on that bombshell, uh, let's get out of here. I think that's that's enough for us. Um, obviously, prayers if that's your thing, all thoughts, everything, all best wishes to um, the hospital in Cincinnati. Um, get well. Um, go well. We'll catch you soon. Yeah. <laughs>